like just wait till it gets negative across Europe. There's actually a lot of negative interest rate debt more so than here. Like, but, and that, that's like a real thing. And it's, it's, it's kind of you know, weird. And, um, but like, um, and I think that like, like, especially around like a savings account where it's, it's like money that you want to have on hand. Um, so, you know, it needs to be liquid, but it's also like, you know, money that you really don't touch for a couple of years. Um, like cryptocurrencies are a really good solution to, um, to that because, um, like, you know, while you don't, well, I mean, there's some, like, there's some cryptocurrencies that do enable you to earn interest on, on your, on your crypto, but with like things like Bitcoin, which, which I, I view as like pretty much like the primary, like savings, like crypto, um, like just because it's, it's, it's been around the longest and it has the most, um, it has the most liquidity, meaning the most people are buying and selling. So like, you know, more people are setting the price all across the world. So it's like an accurate price. Like it's very difficult to manipulate the price of Bitcoin. Um, and since um, everything about it is fully public and fully known and like there aren't like insiders that have any type of advantage, it just has these, these qualities to make it a really strong form of money. Um, and uh, because of that, it, it's actually really, you know, competitive as a savings product, you know, so where you would like otherwise like, you know, lock up your money in your bank account, like, like in that savings account, like you're like, you know, you're expecting like a 2% gain on that. Um, but like, you know, what we have to weigh is the alternative of, you know, holding that money in a savings account where you're earning like, you know, 1% versus like holding that in something that like might have a lot of day-to-day um, fluctuation, but like on a long-term, like a four-year plus basis, it has things built into the system that, um, and just because it's like an emerging asset, um, like the ROI from just like buying and holding Bitcoin, like 2%, like that'll happen in, in an hour. Um, you know, and you know, it, there's risk. Brian, in can I interrupt you? Yeah. What did you say about, uh, <clears throat> you say there's cryptos that you can earn interest on? Yeah. yeah. How do you, how, how, does, how does it work? Is it almost like, uh, like a dividend or something like they're reinvesting into the crypto. Like how does it work? Yeah. So th- there are a couple different, different ones. Um, so like, Wait, do you kind of know what I mean? Like yeah. Like yeah. Crypto, like, yeah. Well, so some of them like, so the one that we'll, we'll probably talk about a lot later is, is the one that I think I was sharing called hex um, with that one. Like you get it in, in exchange for time locking your funds and uh-huh. the, the, the interest that you earn that comes from new like money like new money in the supply like that like the interest is is divided like it it, it's you know effectively printed like hex doesn't have a fixed supply it it inflates at a constant 3.69 percent per year and that that's from more mining but more more mining right it's it's, it's not mined um it's just like but like that, that's just one way where like hex is a whole nother conversation for me. Obviously, yeah, yeah. I still want to learn all about that. Yeah. yeah so like, it's like Bitcoin, like you know, I've told you is the only thing I own anything in. So obviously, something I want to learn more about hex. Yeah. Yeah, but no, that's that's good. That's a good question because like, you know, like Bitcoin's one where where you 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 can't really earn interest just by holding it. But there's like a whole other class of cryptocurrencies where just by holding it, you can earn dividends. Um, it, and, the, the time locking thing does that mean you set uh, you you can't uh, sell off a portion of what you hold for, and then you can earn 
yeah. just just because you're staying in the market. You know. Yeah, exactly. Exactly that. Yeah, yeah, and that's and interesting. Okay, they, they like reward you. Like the people that earn the most interest are the ones that lock their funds for longer and for you know and for more. Um, and so like we'll we'll, we'll talk about hex because I I view hex more like a retirement product. I view that like a four hundred one k. Whereas I view Bitcoin really? more along the lines of like savings, where it's like I'm not. Yeah, Bitcoin is your savings. And, okay. Yeah. And Hex is like more of your nest egg or retirement. Okay. Yeah, yeah. That that's because because like, um, like I view Bitcoin on like four to eight year time horizons, like, mm -hmm. whereas like my Hex like, my like the majority of my time locks end between eight and fifteen years. And so like, like I view that as like a, like kind of like how you would a 401k and then like, you know, the, mm -hmm. um, like the, just like the Bitcoin as the savings and, and it's a, like, while you, you don't earn interest just from holding Bitcoin, um, just by having it as collateral, um, you can get a really good line of credit. It's, it's just like a, a secured loan. Um, and that's what makes it like really powerful where like, because it's, because it's so liquid and institution would offer a line of credit with a Bitcoin as a collateral. Yeah. Like there, there's a couple like, um, here, I'm, I'm going to go ahead and share the screen so we can log this, but, um, I'll pull up a couple of these different products that, um, like if you have Bitcoin as collateral, um, you can, um, hang on a sec, let me pull my breath. you can pull, you know, you can just get an easy, like no credit check, no questions asked, um, line of credit. Um, and it's like, this, this is one of the, 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 the biggest areas of growth, um, in, in the, um, in just like the, the crypto ecosystem is this whole notion of, of borrowing and lending. Um, hey, did you so, do this yeah, for you. can you guys see my screen? No, not yet, but can you do this for a HELOC as well? For a what? Like a home equity line of credit? Oh, um, yeah. So like kind of how you can borrow against your house. Yeah. Uh, yeah, like you can borrow against your Bitcoin in, in a similar way. Okay. And wow. so you're, you're, you're the one that answered this question. Like when you're like, say you have a, a million dollar home and like what, what would like, it, say, say you wanted to borrow like 100K, what would the term, like what, what might terms of that, of that line of credit look like? Do you have any I, I, in terms of that line of credit on a million dollar home? Yeah, like like if you had a if you owned a million dollar home and, and you wanted to extend a line of credit, you wanted to borrow against your house, like what type of interest? So take out a HELOC. Uh, yeah, yeah, exactly. You take a, you take out a HELOC, but I don't think that's on regular. I don't think that's on like regular mortgage type interest rates. I think that's more so probably on interest rates towards like in of what you would do on an investment. So probably I've got to think your interest rates more towards eight, nine. I could be wrong. Well, Bridges, you're in the, you're in that space. I mean, I, I mean, I see, I, for when, I do, when I do loans for doctors, I see HELOCs. Is it more variable? Like, is it kind of like, for, but I don't know for HELOCs. Is it, is it a mortgage rate closer towards your four, your 4% of what you find right now, or is it higher towards higher up towards eight, 7%? I think they're definitely higher. I, I feel like what 
I'm uh, more. And I don't. And I don't know, but I feel like with a HELOC, they probably obviously gonna have equity against your property, right? To get that, and then I think it would be some sort of locked interest rate plus a, like when we do line of credit to Bank of America, it's X amount plus prime rate, which is like you know the federal prime rate. So it might be three or four percent, which is like a probably this is what rates are at right now for the business loans that I do, which I, I'm business, you're residential. And it's plus some sort of a variable rate. So I think it's anywhere from like six, seven to 10%, but I don't know, back to how crypto gets involved. Yeah. I mean like, you know, like the, the reason why you can borrow against your home is because like, it's, it's something that like, you know, you can't just like take off with it. Like, you know, it's something that like you can, you know, they, they, the, the, the lender can like, you know, prove that it's there and they can like, you know, repossess it if, if needed. Um, and of so, course, it's like taking a lien on, they have a lien on the property. Yeah. And, and then also like, um, because it's like, it's, it's fairly liquid, like you, you can sell a home. Like if, if the bank needed to like repossess the home and then like liquidate it, like they, they can do that. Um, and, um, and, but like, with and it's just like that with, with with bitcoin like like with this site if you guys can see my screen um can you see that are, are you looking at nexo yeah yeah so um this is a like you know this is a platform that that I, i've talked to to hemo about um it's um like you just hold your bitcoin as collateral or other cryptocurrencies there it offers um you, you can you know you bitcoin or ethereum or whichever one you hold and um, whenever you need to like make a loan uh, or would, withdraw a loan, you, they, they offer you, um, like you, you have to, like if, if you have $1,000 worth of Bitcoin, you can get a $500 line of credit. So it's two to one secured. So, and that's because just like with the, like the price volatility, um, like to start the loan, you have to be two to one. Um, but then uh, like if the price, of like your, if the value of your collateral goes below like some limit, they'll take from your collateral and start making payments against your loan. And so like, unlike a home where like you, you're still in possession of it, um, but in, in like you're living in it, like when you're borrowing against your Bitcoin, you actually have to deposit your Bitcoin with the lender. Um, and so that, that's a risk too though. Like, and, and it's because like the, the, the safest way to hold your, your Bitcoin is, is to like, you know, create your own wallet. So don't hold it on an exchange. Don't, don't hold it where you bought it, but to like withdraw it to your own wallet. And then like, that's, you know, so that's what you like, you know, really, you don't want to like just store your, your, your money with someone because they like, they get hacked and it could go away. And like, there's no like reprinting these things to like make people good. Like something like this, this company has insurance, but like if my, if like the Bitcoin I had on here, like got like stolen or somehow lost, um, like I, I doubt that the insurance claim would even cover, would, you know, would cover it, you know, for everybody. And so like there, there's, there, there's risk in, in doing this. Um, but, um, like, you know, the, the reward for, for, you know, taking that risk is that like, you can get a, um, like right now it's like you, you can get as low of rates. Uh, well, you said, <clears throat> Brian, you said no credit check, right? So that would be a yeah. benefit. Um, yeah. and also yeah. if it's, you know, a little bit better rate right i mean because it's yeah. yeah like this uh you can get as low as six percent so that that's if you like so nexo um 
they have their own cryptocurrency. Um, it's, it's called Nexo token. And if you hold Nexo, you can get, you can get like a discount on this interest rate. And when you're holding it, you actually get some like, uh, it's, it's a coin that I, I don't, I don't really have much of, uh, but it, it is like another one that's like, you can like earn interest on holding it because by holding it, you get some of the, of the um, interest payments. Like you get a cut of the revenue from Nexo. So they make a loan. And then by holding Nexo's crypto token, you can get, you know, you, you can get paid from that. Um, and so like, and so like, you know, they, they try to incentivize people to buy and hold Nexo by offering like, you know, really low interest rates to Nexo holders and by offering the, like the revenue. So Nexo itself is a lending institution, but it's like, and this is what I don't know enough about, about these other cryptos. It's just how, like the, the Nexo coin powers company or whatever is like, it's like their pot of money, right? The the Nexo coin doesn't really do anything. It's just kind of like a, uh, yeah, just like an incentive. It's like, it's like, um, like with this one, it's kind of like a. But if you hold it, you're that's how they can lend it, right? So, so they're not lending Nexo. They're so they're lending dollars. Oh, so money. Yeah, right. you, you you put Bitcoin or Ethereum or like they, you can do a lot of um, different ones. You can hedge any of your crypto to, to get money. To yeah, get cash. and you can withdraw. Um, you can either get a like a U.S. dollar deposit to your bank account, or you can. Okay. Uh, you can withdraw. Um, so that'd be oh, two to one now. Like yeah, two to one. You can withdraw a stable coin. Um, so like that's there. That's a whole class of cryptocurrencies that are like pegged to the dollar. So there's mm -hmm. one called Tether. There's one called US USD coin. There's one called Dai Dai. Um, there's like a whole. There's a whole handful of these like dollar pegged cryptocurrencies. And so. Um, you can like, you know, so because people use these for, you know, a variety of reasons. Like, you know, you could be borrowing, like a, a major use case of this is trading. So like people will like put money, like they'll have a bunch of Bitcoin. And then if they see an altcoin that they want to invest in, they'll just, you know, put their Bitcoin up as collateral, withdraw a loan in dollars, take those dollars over to the exchange, and then they'll buy that other altcoin. And then you know, so you, say you took out a $500 loan and you bought $500 of Dogecoin mm -hmm. and if, Do, you know, Dogecoin goes up and now your $500 is worth $600, you know, you only owe the $500 that you borrowed plus the interest over that time. And so that like $600 minus the $500 plus interest, like that's your profit. And so like- well, what, what would be the difference of just exchanging your Bitcoin for that other altcoin or whatever you're saying? um on, on some sort of a what's the benefit of borrowing because it like if you think bitcoin's also going to be going up in value too um like like if you want like if you want to have both um because like when because it spreads out how long you you know have to pay it off like you can pay this off over like two or three years and so like mm -hmm. you know maybe you want to hold bitcoin over that amount of time you don't want to risk the bitcoin by just outright selling it for the, like, oh, because you still own the Bitcoin, yeah, you just have to pay them back. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so still own it. So essentially, you get the five hundred dollar loan, 
right? Say mm -hmm. you, you get two to one, you invest a thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin, you get 500 cash. Mm -hmm. I'm going to go plug that into something else that I think might go up. Say I make a hundred dollars just yeah. to make it easy. Like you said, then I could essentially take, sell that, take my hundred profit, take the 500, pay it back. I still have my Bitcoin and mm -hmm. maybe that just went up too. Yeah. So you keep both assets. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Or maybe like the value okay. went up and then like you, you can make payments on your loan from your collateral. So like, you know, the, the, your other investment goes up, you know, the Bitcoin also goes up and now you're like the, the, the amount you have to pay back is just lower. And so like, um, you know, that, that like, so that, that's a mean, that's a obviously long-term is like, you know, you're not trying to just like get, it's a long-term type deal where you, yeah, yeah. With, especially with, with like when, when you're doing like, um, they're not like, I, I call this one to two leverage because there's like, on the other hand, like there are other exchanges. Um, so like, like Nexo is like, you, you have to do two to one. Um, and the minimum loan size is $500. Um, but um, there are other exchanges that offer up to 100x leverage. So you Wait, have- Wait, hold you on. Because <laughs> yeah. I, I was gonna jump in because I was like, that's exactly what, like before we even met, I was already leveraging Nexo to, to just buy altcoins. And then, then when, cause Colleen put me on to you, then when, um, I heard about Hex, I, I bought, like, I just, I bought like 2k in dollars. And then I was like, no, wait, I'm just going to do the same thing. I'm just going to leverage like what's in, what's in the Nexo account. Um, especially since Hex had to be staked and then like had to be long-term, you know, I was like, okay, there's going to be a different way to do this. And I was using it. Um, but then it's two to one. And so I was looking at it because I actually have, I'm going to do like another round of investments and I'm going to do it the same way, but I just want to be able to get more, like, instead of it being two to one, I want to be able to get more. And I was looking, that's why I jumped on. Cause I was like, I'm going to ask you for a better one. So yeah. Um, here. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so there's Kraken is, is an exchange that offers five to one. So you, you can't bought like, um, like you can't withdraw the money here to like, like you can't take like when they, when they lend you the money, you, you can't actually withdraw it from the from the exchange but you can like buy altcoins that are on kraken with credit um so some some of the pairs they offer like like some i think with like xrp for instance they only do like three to one um you know so if you have 100 dollars of bitcoin you can buy 300 dollars worth of xrp um you know but like things like ethereum they do five to one bitcoin dollars is five to one so like depending on just like the size of the other coin um you know, they, they offer the different um like margin levels but there's like so there's what was that you said kraken brian there's there's kraken uh here i'm gonna put these in the chat and then um i'm like i'm like trying to like take notes now it's like nexo which is really cool by the way the whole concept i have no idea yeah it's hey brian i have a question for you as you put that in the chat um how do they tax how is how is the u.s government taxing gains in crypto these days i mean all these profits are you able to spend it in those cryptocurrencies and not get taxed on the gains or um how how is that kind of started unfolding yeah so um like profits from like trading like you're you're supposed to report as income um what makes it difficult to do is like say you're trading 
Bitcoin for Ethereum and like you're taking your profit in Bitcoin, like, you know, how do you report? Cause that's not a dollar gain. Um, and so I think that's like, you know, cause like, you know, you may not even be paying attention to what the dollar value is or like, you know, the, the price fluctuates so much that like, you know, how could you like go back? Like, what are you going to do? Like look at the exact moment that you made the trade and like find what the price was. Like, it, it's just kind of like, like I, that that's pretty murky waters, but like, as like the, the thing that you do get taxed on that you should report or it's like how much money you took out by selling the Bitcoin. So like, that's, that's, that's kind of where the, the lending comes into play because um, if you buy, so if, if you like, say, you know, you, you get paid from your job, you get taxed from that income um, and the rest of it, you buy Bitcoin with. Um, if you like, you know, bought Bitcoin and then at a later date sold the Bitcoin to uh, like buy something, that's, that's a taxable event. But if you, instead of just like selling the Bitcoin to buy something, if you took it over to Nexo or another one, which I wouldn't really recommend because they had a pretty bad like security breach, but this other one is like called BlockFi. And there's like a whole handful of these like lending services. Um, if you take your money, your, your Bitcoin over there, borrow against it, the loan, you, you take it in the loan is not a taxable event. And then when you repay the loan in dollars, like, you know, you're, say you're repaying with like the dollars you're getting for earnings, so you're getting taxed just from having earned the dollars. You know, maybe your employer, like you're, you're holding it, but you're not taxed when you're repaying the loan. And so a way to like spend your cryptocurrency without uh, or just, you know, and limiting the taxable events is to borrow against it and then, you know, use that to buy, you know, whatever you want to buy and then just pay back the loan and then take possession of your Bitcoin and then don't sell your collateral. So like, that's like, like that, that's like how, you know, you can limit your tax exposure, um, you know, while, while being able to like, you know, leverage, like, you know, cause you like, like, like the way, I mean, this is part of just like, this is my perspective on it. Like I really don't plan on selling Bitcoin ever um, because it's such a strong form of collateral. You can just get such strong leverage and like, you can do, you know, like you can do a lot with that. Um, and so like, I'm not really looking to sell, you know, one, because it's like, you know, if it's within a year, it's like, you know, like a short term capital gain. Um, like that's, it's like taxed differently. Um, but like, I think that in the, in the long run, just like borrowing against your cryptocurrency, that really limits your tax exposure. Um, and it's also like kind of good, just like general financial practice. Like what's that saying that like, you shouldn't buy something that you can't afford twice or something like it's kind of like that with these, you know, where you have to put down a thousand dollars of collateral to get a $500 loan. That's actually kind of like a good, like maybe you shouldn't like buy things unless you can like really afford it. And so like, you know, having the money that you can put as collateral, get a line of credit and then, you know, pay off over time and like, you know, strategically like time your loans so that like, you know, you're, you're getting a good rate at, you know, where, you know, if price is going down, that's a good time to borrow. Um, because if price is going up then your collateral is going to go up in value and you just have to pay less. Um, so like, that's kind of where it fits into like, you know, taxes and just like general, like, savings and 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 you know where, where when savings turn to spending is it like 
you know, using the Bitcoin because it's such a good collateral and, and it's just like a growing industry. Um, like this is an alternative to a credit card, you know, like, like, you know, credit cards, the benefit is that like, you don't have to have the money at all and you can spend it, but you're, you're going to be in debt and the interest rates like 24%, you know, whatever, whatever your credit card rate is. But like, um, so like, you know, this is just like an, an alternative to where like, um, you know, in, in, in this space, you get a better line of credit, the more you save. Whereas with, on, in credit, like with credit cards, you actually get a better line of credit, the more you spend, like, you know, like you boost your credit by like, you know, getting a loan and paying it back. So it's like, it's just a different game. And I think the incentives in this space are like, I think a little more wholesome and like healthier for people. Like people should be saving. Like you should always be like accumulating more wealth. Um, and having like a, like a lending ecosystem like this that like incentivizes you to like, you know, have, you know, before you want to buy something, you should be able to afford it twice. Like just like having that as like an underlying incentive. And then because of like the price fluctuation, it enables you to like, you know, there, there's always like, you know, at least one or two or three times a month, there's always like a couple day period where you can borrow against your Bitcoin. And, um, you know, you'll, you'll get a, you can get a really good, like rate versus your collateral just because like, you know, if price is going down, you bought like you, you borrow against it when like, you know, the price is $9,000 in a couple of days, your collateral is now worth $10,000. Um, like that, that's like what you want to do. And so, um, like that, and I think that really fits into all this. Like, is that like, it, it is a way to like prevent, like to limit how much, like to be involved in crypto and limit what you're being taxed. You know, because like if like, you know, if, if there's going to be wealth transfer and like people that are like accumulating these assets are going to be like, you know, asserting power, like having like the incumbents trying to like claw back, like, you know, through any like legal way that they can, like trying to claw your money in, like, um, like just participating in these like borrowing and lending ecosystems, like really kind of helps shield you from that. And like, you know that that's like, you know, something that you can do is like, it's like a check and balance of like, you know, preventing like, like overreach on the part of governments, you know, like, like where government law enforcement employees are killing their customers. Like you can like fight against that lot, you know, by accumulating wealth outside of their system and limiting how much like you, you know, because like, you know, like until like the rest of the world kind of catches up, like until your employers, okay, paying you in Bitcoin until like that infrastructure is kind of in place and like, you know, the adoptions at that level, um, you know, you can't really like fully opt out. Like, if, you know, you need to acquire money somehow, but like once you have the money and you're able to get it in Bitcoin, that's like, you know, that's, that's like a serious way that like you can really start squeezing out, you know, in any business that is like, you know, killing their customers. And like that, that's where I think is like really kind of the important element of, of this is that like, you know, like you don't, like you don't need to, get a line of credit through like their credit bureaus and like you don't need to participate in, the, in their banking systems. It's like, they're, they're, they're like alternatives here. And in many ways they're like better. Um, you know, there, there's more, there's, there's like, while there is risk, like all the risk that there is, that's just like potential energy for the reward. And so like, you know, it's, it's a trade-off, but it's becoming a pretty, you know, pretty desirable trade-off that people are willing to make more and more. Well, it's interesting, Brian. Interesting stuff. Yeah. Just me working for a bank. You guys don't know I work for Bank of America. Like it's 
this is really the large scale conversation here is it just another way of you hold Bitcoin, right? That's competing with banks on just like a checkings or savings account. Now this is a way to compete with credit cards in the banking industry and eventually, you know, the whole goal of crypto, in my opinion, and when, when I talk to my good buddy Xander, who's like, I'm going to get him in the next meeting, by the way, Brian, but yeah. um, it's like just another way to take on the big banks, you know? And if you can get better interest rates and to your point about it being two to one, the worst thing that can happen is they collect on something that already covers what you've borrowed and potentially is worth more now. Does that make sense? Well, uh, like the worst that can happen is like if the value of your collateral goes down, they're going to start liquidating some of your collateral at that lower price. At that time? Yeah, yeah. So like... Right, like if whatever it was took a plunge, if it... Yeah, yeah. They, they, they'll send you an email. They'll say margin call. Uh, you know, the value of your collateral has dropped below your uh like your credit limit or whatever they say um mm -hmm. you know please deposit more collateral or else we're going to start uh liquidating part of your collateral to make interest payments and right. like they like uh you know and, and then that, that's just you know kind of comes down to like you know managing it and, and that's where people really get like no one really gets wrecked on i mean you, like like price really has to go down like for you to lose like on, on your like two to one like price has to or one to two, like, uh, we have to go I, down less than more than 50%. Uh, right. If it's two to one, I mean, it would have to. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, yeah. It has to go down like 50% for you to, um, you know, for like for you to get liquidated. Um, but I just want to make sure that there obviously is an interest rate associated to this. So you also in general, like if you're using this as a tool to almost reinvest, like, I guess you just want to make sure that, you know, you're yeah, so like, like the value of your plus the interest rate that you think is going to like, you have to right. expect that like you're the thing that you're buying with the borrowed funds is going to be worth more than like, than having just like sold the Bitcoin outright from the start. Right. I guess it's trade. Like that's the, um, okay. So, well, okay. And then on the other hand, what do people use credit cards for? Right. Whatever, whatever the fuck, right. The shit. Like, yeah. so, it, yeah. this could be a way to like this could be a way to just take cash and spend it on whatever yeah that like like i, I you I, have I, the asset and the coin right to do it and it could be a lower interest rate so it's a benefit it's an alternative to credit cards and theoretically you could pay off credit cards with this yeah yeah like you, you yeah, could you can right? consolidate your debt um into uh you know like because like one, I mean, just the interest rate is lower because it's like fully secured, um, mm -hmm. you know, secured two to one. Um, mm -hmm. And, and it, like, you know, you can pay it off over like a long period of time. Um, and like, there's no like minimum payment, like, there, like there's no like weird fees or anything. Um, and so like, like which, that, that's a great point, which I, I didn't really consider until you brought that up. But like, yeah, like as far as like debt consolidation goes, like, you know, I mean, usually people that are in a lot of debt. For, for someone, for someone right now, and we we're having a crypto conversation. Like, someone wants to get out of debt and start investing, right? That's the goal. Like, no one, we all want to be debt free. Uh, I want to until I buy a home. I want to just be able to have a mortgage. I don't want to have a car loan. I don't want to have credit card debt. Like, if someone wanted to consolidate, it could be a very good solution to that, interest rate wise, right? And yeah. 
if you own a lot of crypto because but but the end goal is to not have debt and then you're just using it as an investment tool and what's the worst that can really happen you know yeah, we're seeing it's just the, i don't know go down and like you know but like when the price goes down it's you know it's kind of like a double-edged sword like like yeah we all get excited when the price is going up but when price is going down you can start thinking okay now this might be a good time to borrow against my bitcoin you know like oh i like you know like when price goes up, that's when you pay down your loan. When price goes down, that's when you borrow against it. You know, or or you buy like buying, like you can kind of treat buying and borrowing against it kind of in the same one. And like selling and like paying mm-hmm. off your loan, that's kind of like the same activity. Like you know, you you want to borrow. It's taken me. It's taken me you talking about it to like really wrap my head around just the theory of this, and it makes perfect sense because your price goes down. Say Bitcoin went five k per Bitcoin, okay, you still, they're still going to give you, you know, whatever you want, the two to one. And then you just hope at that point when it goes down, it'd be a perfect time to do it because you don't lose that asset. And inevitably it's going to go back up. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Like, like so many people, like when they see the price going down, like they start thinking, Oh my God, I got to sell. But like, like, I bought today. I'm out of that. I'm out of that. I'm not a day trader. I'm not a day trader. Bitcoin is like, for me, it's like the only crypto I own. I'm making my way towards a full one. And like, I'm treating it just like you you told me. I started investing in Bitcoin and I got out of it like two years ago. And then I jumped back in hard, like, you know, six months ago. So I'm excited to see where it goes and everything. And I mean, I don't know. I used to dabble in Litecoin too, because I used to think the future was like Bitcoin's your long-term savings and Litecoin is what you go pay. Yeah. Like eventually like you go use it to pay for your subway, right? Mm-hmm. It's kind of like the what you're spending money and the Bitcoin's your investment long-term. Hey, I got to jump off really quick, but I'm truly impressed with everything that's been said. I don't want to interrupt too much. I want to let you guys keep going. Um, Bridges, will- you going to sleep? No, no, I got to go walk this dog. I just have blackout shades in my room, so it's always dark. Dude, um, that's funny because Brenda just went to walk the dog, and she, I looked at her, I'm like, are you? Yeah. Again, I don't want to interrupt. I don't want to interrupt too much. I do want to say I just see the value of this so much moving forward, especially coronavirus, too. Uh, people don't want to be exchanging cash. So it, it's just more of a reason to, to put everything on an electronic grid and have more of a reason to have cryptocurrency. I think there will be more, uh, more platforms and uh, much more resources for people to regularly use cryptocurrency as we make our way forward. I think you guys are just the pioneers of it and I think it will pay off. Um, I definitely plan on trying to invest moving forward and um, hope to be uh, much more of a participant in these videos. So let me know, Brian, but I got to jump off guys again. Don't let me interrupt you. Jump right back into it. All right. Thanks for joining us. Dude. It was great talking Absolutely. to you. Absolutely. Talk to you guys soon. Have a great one. Yeah. <laughs> um, so Chad, that was actually a really good question. It, it touches on something else about like, you know, as far as like spending, um, you know, like that's like, I think a really good use case for like some of these other coins. Like, like just because, and this is something we've, we've talked about a lot on these calls, like Bitcoin's really optimized for like very large and very infrequent transactions. Like it's not meant to be like something that you, you buy like your coffee with. Um, it's meant to be something that like, you know, a nation 
pays to like import, uh, you know, a million barrels of oil. Like that's like, it's meant to be like a reserve asset, like, you know, like a form of money that like a central bank might hold like alongside gold, you know, or like, you know, what like major corporations like use like to like, you know, measure their balance sheet. Like that's like the whole purpose. Like cryptocurrency can be kind of a misnomer because, um, well, like for things like Bitcoin, I think it's a misnomer because like Bitcoin is more of it's meant to be money, which is different than currency. Like currency is what's meant to be like spent and like supposed to have like really high velocity. So, you know, changing hands really quickly. Um, but like things like Bitcoin, um, things that are more like long-term, like savings use case coins. Um, those ones aren't, aren't meant to be, you know, or they're not like optimized for like currency. Like you could pay someone in it, but like, you know, dollars work just fine for paying like, you know, or, um, you know, like, uh, you know, other cryptocurrencies that are like faster, like, you know, like, like Litecoin, like, like you said. Um, and, um, that, that kind of leads into the, like the other like area that like, even if like you, like the, always the hard part is just like, you know, say you're at the store, like, you know, what if they don't accept the cryptocurrency? Um, you know, like that, like, you know, cause in, in many cases, like businesses like, um, they're not really losing out on anything by not accepting it because they can always just buy it. Like most businesses aren't, aren't, you know, they, they don't just have, they just don't have the wherewithal to like buy and hold Bitcoin um, or any cryptocurrency. And so like, like, you know, to them, like, like even, even so like accepting the thing that like has the most like users already, like that's probably a better business decision for somebody unless they have like some specific reason why they need to accept only Bitcoin. Like maybe like a, like a can't like um, you know like Daniel and Colleen like work in um, you know like in in the cannabis business and like that's like a like an area where like the like their like their finances are suppressed and so like in that setting like you know there, there's like a reason to like you know use a different payment system but like if you're just like a regular store um, you know like Visa and Mastercard like like those work just fine and those aren't really like part of like the systemic problem like that's just like the payment rails. Um, and so like, you know, uh, using cryptocurrency for like payment, like the, like the, an option that I think is really interesting, they actually have one coming on Nexo is this whole concept of these, um, they're like prepaid debit cards that you load with a, with a Bitcoin wallet. So like Nexo, I'm, I'm waiting on the Nexo card to come out. Um, one that I actually have is it's called the BitPay card. Um, I actually have this one right here. So if you, uh, can you see my face? Yes. So I don't want to show you guys my, my card, but like, you know, this is like a, it's a prepaid, prepaid debit card that you can load with, uh, you know, just with, with Bitcoin. So like, you know, Say you, you go to Nexo, you have Bitcoin as collateral, you take out a loan in, uh, the, the one that I use is USDT. So, um, so this is Tether. Um, let's see what we can find the chart of Tether. Yeah, so, so like you borrow in, in Tether. Um, you know, so it's like, you know, pegged to a dollar. It's like right around, you know, 
it, it, it goes up and down, but it's like, it's a dollar. And then with the tether, you like, you know, buy, buy some Bitcoin and then you deposit your Bitcoin into your BitPay wallet. Um, and then you load your debit card, you know, so you load this card with money from that. So in that moment, you're selling the Bitcoin to like load this debit card. And then you can like take this to an ATM and get cash right there. And so like the actual time between taking out a loan on your Bitcoin collateral to the time where you can actually like spend it either on this card or like even like it, like this supports ATMs. Um, that time is actually really, really small. So like, um, you know, like as far as like spending it goes, like for me, like I don't, I don't spend Bitcoin. I just spend dollars that I don't put into Bitcoin. Like I always, you know, keep like, you know, opting out of this doesn't mean that like, you know, you have to have like a hundred percent out of it. Like until that's like really necessary until like it's difficult to spend um, or like the opportunity cost of holding the dollars is like that great. Like, you know, if like the dollars are devaluing so fast, like you don't want to hold them at all. Like maybe then like, you know, but like, you know, like for like your daily expenses, like, like, you know, like, you know, keep, keep the dollars that like, you don't want to be like selling Bitcoin to be like paying for stuff. You just like can view that as like, that's money that you like, just aren't going to put into Bitcoin, you know, like the things you have to let, you know, so like, you know, whatever you're paying to live, your food, your gas, you know, whatever fun you have, like, you know, you don't need to like, like, you know, it, if like you're really bullish, you'll just buy Bitcoin and then borrow against it and like extend those payments off. But there, there's risk to that, you know, and, you know, so you just got to kind of balance the risk and understand like where the market's at. Um, but like things like BitPay, like with this card, like I think this this is probably what spending Bitcoin and crypto looks like is where you're not actually spending the, the crypto. You're uh you know, you're you're you have a card that's linked to a Bitcoin wallet and on the back end your Bitcoin's being traded for dollars as you're spending on the card. So like you may not be spending like you know, you go to the store from the like from the store's perspective, you're just paying a regular Visa card. They're getting paid in dollars. But from your perspective, it's like you paid in Bitcoin. Um, so that, that, that's probably what like before like, you know, like, like on its way to where like, you know, these like these cryptocurrencies are like, you know, widely used. Like right now they're mainly used for speculation, which is like they, they need to only be used for speculation for like a number of years in order to like build the like, the ground floor that like makes it something that like an economy can like base itself on. Um, but like, you know, probably the first way that people will be spending is just like easier ways to like spend it. Um, and so right. can I interrupt you for one second? Yeah. So are you, so that credit card that you use, you're like, you, do you use that for big stuff? Cause you don't send your Bitcoin for anything. Do I, you? I barely use it. I've used oh. it like uh, just to show off. Yeah. So I, the thing that I've used more, yeah. So I, yeah, I just wanted to like see how it worked. Just to uh, flex. Yeah. Like just like, you know, just trying to learn the, like learn the, learn the technology. I actually don't like flex. Like I don't really want to use it. Cause like, I don't want to like put like a party. I don't want people to like try to, even though like literally if someone like tried to like rob me of my crypto, they wouldn't be able to get it. Like, you know, so like they'd really have to, like, no matter how bad they like fucked me up, like it's very difficult to steal. 
you know, like I, I don't even like store it in a way that like you could come to my house and take. Like, you know, you have to know like, you know, where the keys are divided and like, you know, what, like how to do, like, it's not like, you know, but like you just don't want problems. Um, and so like, I don't really like, you know, you know, I'm, I'm like fairly public online as far as like promoting financial literacy around this topic. Like sometimes I like part, that's part of the reason why I don't necessarily spend that much on it is because uh, it's, you know, like, I don't necessarily want like just this like random guy at this restaurant to like think that I, I might have Bitcoin that he could like try to extort out of me. Like, even though it'd be really hard for him to do that. Like, I don't even, I just don't want that situation. So that's kind of part of it. And then too, like, you know, like I said, like rather than like, you know, because in that moment you're like selling Bitcoin. Um, like I would rather just spend dollars that I haven't put into Bitcoin than like use this. But this is like more for like, like emergencies. Like if I have like a big, big expense that like I need to like, you know, take out a loan to, to do like the fastest way for me to like take my Bitcoin and maybe I'd borrow against till I get, you know, like say I like for some reason I need to like spend like a couple thousand dollars, um, you know, that, and like, I don't want to, you know, maybe like the price of Bitcoin's like low and I don't want to sell. Um, like, I, I, I just mainly have this as like a way to quickly get either physical cash from, from crypto because you can use this at an ATM or like if I really need to like spend it and like, you know, you know, and you know, I'm not holding enough dollars to like cover it right there. Like that's, that's what I kind of have this for. It's more like, you know, part kind of like just toy, like just kind of see how this works and like, you know, seeing if this might be a product that I might want to launch at some time, some type of like crypto credit card. Um, but like, you know, it's, it's kind of like more for like emergencies. Like I, I rarely use it. Like I can't even remember the last time I used it. Um, but it, but it is an alter, you know, people do use it. Do you see yourself using the Nexo card then as that comes online? Yeah. Cause I think that would um, like, if you could borrow directly into that, that's because like we also with the BitPay card, like you get taxed for like, cause you, you take out the loan on, on Nexo in dollars and then to deposit the money into the, into the BitPay wallet, you have to use those dollars to buy Bitcoin. And then you take the Bitcoin and you put it on the Nexo wallet or on the BitPay wallet. And then when you are ready to spend, you have to load the card. And by loading the card, you're selling the Bitcoin and like loading it with dollars. And so that is actually a, a taxable event. And so, um, that's, that's one of the trade-offs with, with these cards. Um, even though like that is kind of like, uh, you know, it, it, it's kind of an unsettled issue of like, okay, is that an investment or is that just like using like Bitcoin as like the payment rails? Like, you know, you're, you weren't buying it for like speculative reasons. You're buying, like you only bought the Bitcoin for its transactional use case. Like, you know, that's like you buying, like, you know, buying oil to like use in your car as opposed to like buying oil, like to, tr like to buy low, sell high. Like, you know, so that's kind of where it like, you know, you might have to make that case if, if they're coming to audit you and like, you know, it's something that's kind of undecided. Cause like, you know, cause like the government's generally treated as, as property and treating like trading, like how they would like stock trading. Um, but like, because it has like these other use cases, like beyond just like speculation, 
you know, like just using it to like send the money from, you know, like so that you can like load this prepaid card. Um, like it, it's, it's kind of unclear about how that's really going to play out over the long run. Um, but that, that's like kind of another reason why like, you know, if you, if you need to spend money, just spend dollars that you haven't put into Bitcoin yet. You know, cause like, you know, it's less hassle and like, you know, there's just like, you know, less steps and yeah. So that's, that, that was a Chad, thank you for, you know, kind of bringing that up because you know, that, that's kind of like, you know, like, uh, like, I, I don't know if you, you, you dropped off, but um, like kind of answer your question about like, you know, what the cryptocurrency that people are going to be spending. Um, like, I think that before people are like, like merchants are like actively accepting, like on a, on a broad scale, actively accepting crypto. I think mm -hmm. the like spending of crypto is going to look more like the, like, you know, people having these, you know, like, like BitPay's card or like Nexo's card. That, that is what I was, and I'm going to be all over the place when I start. This is my first meeting because I'm just so much I want to learn, but that's kind of what I was getting at. Yeah. I think when I was talking about Litecoin, right, when I dropped, before I dropped off, like, that's what I want to get into is the future of merchants taking payment that way, you know? Like, you have Apple Pay now, and what's the other one? Like, yeah, it, like, like Google Apple, Pay. Like, I can see Apple Pay having something like, you know, Apple Pay integrating a Bitcoin wallet where, right. like, you can have that in there and, like, you can, you know, you can, like, credit your Apple Pay account, you know, where, you, like, you know, you're paying an Apple Pay. So like, you know, the store, they're, they're getting paid in dollars, but like you're paying with Bitcoin that you have. That's like, mm -hmm. you know, that's traded for dollars before it's spent. And like, that's just handled like through Apple Pay. Like that's, you know, that's, that's pretty much how this like BitPay card that I have works is that you, um, like it's just a pre, like prepaid card. So like, that's, pro that's probably what the first phase of like. Something to, to the degree of like when you spend it, it converts to dollars or it just goes to where the merchant immediately liquidates it or I don't know, something. Yeah. So, um, so for like it's, it's a visa card. So it's just, yeah. it's like, it's like the merchant's getting dollars. Um, but yeah. BitPay also had like the other part of BitPay's business is a, um, it's a merchant processor. So mm -hmm. it's like, you know, software that you can use if you have an online store or even an in-person store. Um, it's like a way that you can accept payment in Bitcoin and you can either like, and you can like set what, you know, what percent of like, you know, you're getting paid in Bitcoin. Maybe you're going to put like convert half to dollars and hold half in Bitcoin or like whatever, whatever you decide to do. Um, and so like, you know, that that's, you know, another way that like merchants could start adopting it is that like, you know, with like good like merchant payment solutions, you know, like right now it's like there's Stripe and Square and, you know, Apple Pay and like th those are fine. Like, you know, and then because like cryptocurrency really isn't like, it's not competing with this market. Like the thing that really makes crypto take off, it, it's more in like the, like the, the monetary markets, you know, so like, um, you know, like, like Forex and then things like gold, real estate, art, Anything that money launderers use, that's a use case, like art, um, you know, real estate, gold, like that's a strong use case. Um, like that, that, because those are like the big dollar, like figures. Like if you look at like the, you know, Visa market cap, um, like Visa alone is 
worth like $418 billion. You know, that's like a major like payment network. And if you look at like the, um, here, let's look at this so we can see kind of like the other levels of like, just like the global, uh, let me pull up this. This visualization shows the, yeah. So it's from a book that you'll actually love, Chad. I'm actually, this is gonna be required reading for you. It'll really speak to you. There's this guy that, I, that I've really learned a lot from. Um, his name's Trace Mayer. He wrote a book before Bitcoin existed um, for his site called Run to Gold. Uh, he's just like a big gold bug. He was like the first person to ever recommend the public to buy Bitcoin when it was a nickel. Um, and he wrote a book about like where gold fits into like, it's called the great credit contraction. And it's literally like what you see playing out right now is like what this book was like talking about. And this book was, I think this author might've been part of the creation of Bitcoin because like this guy used to have a site called how to vanish. Satoshi vanished. Like there's no trace of him. So this guy is kind of already into that. He had a site called run to gold. He was like, he's like, you know, he has like these podcasts going back to like 2006 talking about like how gold is like the solution to like the global monetary chaos. Um, and then like in this book, if you like did like control F and swapped every instance of gold and you replaced that with Bitcoin in this book, it would make a hundred percent sense. Like it, it, it might as well have been written about, it was written about gold, but it might as well have been written about Bitcoin. So I'll, I'm going to send you this PDF. I think you'll really enjoy it. It's like a pretty short read. But you'll you'll definitely learn a lot, um, you know, from from this. But yeah, for sure, that's super interesting. Do it. Yeah, yeah it's it's got this um, this picture in it, uh, and so like kind of you know, you look at the, you know, like the the market cap of Visa, you know, like so like the currency market, like the payment rail market, you know, Visa is like you know, four hundred billion. You know, Mastercard's probably around that. PayPal is probably around that. So, you know, so like, you know maybe like a couple trillion dollars. Um, but like when you look at these other forms of, of like capital, you know, so like gold and silver, like 2.4 trillion, you know, just like the general like money, 4 trillion, uh, you know, like debt, treasury bills, government, you know, like just like government money, like 65 trillion securities, like stocks and equities, you know, things that people hold, like assets you know, a hundred trillion, you know, commercial real estate, private business, residential real estate. Is that total market cap on the right? Yeah. Yeah. And like, so like, these are the markets that like, like are really ripe for disruption, you know, like the payments rail, that's like a race to zero. That's like a race to like cheap and fast. Whereas like these, like this is like wide open, like, you know, there, there's people that hold, you know, and these numbers, like this was published in 2009. Um, probably double or triple all these numbers now. Um, like, like now it's, um, it's, it's like a situation where like holding any of these other assets, um, it's like you're, by holding that, you're bearing the opportunity cost of just not holding Bitcoin. Um, because Bitcoin's been on such like a, you know, it's just, just the way it appreciates in value. Um, like, that's kind of how all these things are going to have to be measured going, going forward. And like Bitcoin, like fits in here with like gold and silver at like the base of this, like, you know, like this is like, that's like the thing that is money. And then all these layers on top of it are like these additional, like, um, 
you know, just like use cases and like things that like wrap the money. Um, and so like, you know, and of all those things that like Bitcoin can do, like Bitcoin fits into the power money one, it can fit into the currency. Um, but that's like, you know, it's kind of secondary. Um, but like, really, I think it, it fits more into like, especially real estate and real estate and commodities is what like the, is the asset class that Bitcoin's most similar to. In some ways it's, it, it trades like a stock, but it's not like you're not owning part of a company by holding Bitcoin and like holding Bitcoin doesn't give you any rights to like dividends or like, like, you know, liquidation if like the company sells, like, you know, so it's not like you're holding a stock, even though it trades like that. Um, so like, you know, all that to say, just like, you know, the, the use cases that are outside of currency are like, those are like the big money use cases. Um, the, like the, the currency use case that, that can generally be solved without like a blockchain. Like, you know, you don't need, um, like, like for like small transactions, like it's, it's actually like, you know, there's like a margin of error. Like, you know, you can get like, if, if you're taking a bunch of really small transactions, every so often someone could send you like a counterfeit transaction that you don't catch and it's not going to kill you. Whereas like Bitcoin is like impossible to counterfeit. And by being impossible to counterfeit, it makes it really hard to use for like quick payments because like, you know, every 10 minutes, a new block of transactions is added to the Bitcoin blockchain. And like, you know, so like, you know, at minimum it takes 10 minutes for a transaction to go through. But on that first transaction, like you as the person that received it, there's a non-zero chance, even though it's really small, there's a non-zero chance that the, that like the miner who mined that block is trying to spoof you and trick you into thinking that like you're getting paid. And so like you, like most places when you spend Bitcoin, they don't like, they don't accept it until it's like been confirmed after like up to like six blocks because like, on the first block, like the miner could be spoofing you. It would be really expensive for them to be doing that. And it'd have to like, it'd have to be a really big ex like expense for them to like pay the money required to like try to spoof the network. Um, and, but like, you know, after that second one comes in that like next block that comes after that first block, that will tell you if the previous block was valid. And so like every new block that gets added to the blockchain, that like further makes that transaction permanent and valid. It like proves to you that the transaction, you know, that the person that said that, that paid you, it like proves to you that they actually had the money that they paid you. And so like, um, like because Bitcoin is like meant for like the like large infrequent transactions, the confirmation time of like what proves that the transaction is valid, it's just longer. So that like just makes it not really useful for like, like, small like in-person payments whereas things like ethereum like it goes through in 10 seconds and you know so like you can like confirm a payment in like you know 20 or 30 seconds um and so like you know these different currencies just have different trade-offs you know for those and like you know for small ones like like for or for currents like if the use cases for payments it doesn't necessarily need to be as secure as bitcoin so like you know those are just like the trade-offs that like you know, the market makes when they're like determining, okay, what crypto am I going to use for like a savings use case versus what crypto am I going to use for like a spending use case? You know, cause like for savings, it's like, you really want to prove that that money's yours. You want it to be 
you know, mathematically impossible to steal from you. You want to be certain that like the supply is what it is, you know? And so because of that, you sacrifice like speed of transactions, you sacrifice anonymity and privacy. Like there's a whole other class of cryptocurrencies that are like completely private, but like with those ones, it's kind of hard to audit the supply. It's so private that you really don't know what the total supply is. So that makes it not as useful. Like, like, you know, that's a, like a really strong use case of Bitcoin is that it's like the, the money supply is known by everybody and it's like impossible to manipulate. Whereas like, you know, these other like privacy based currencies, like privacy coins, they call them. Um, it, it's, it's harder to like measure the supply. And so it, it doesn't really, so like those ones are used for currency, but like they're not really used for like savings. And, and like I focus on the ones that are savings because the price goes up when people buy something and then don't sell for a long period of time. And so like people that are buying something just to send it because it's like fast to send, they're actually buying it with the intent to sell it. Like you want to, like you want to invest in things that people are buying um, with no intention of ever sending, you know, they want it. They don't want to send it to anyone else. Like they want to be in possession of it. And so like, that's how like, you know, like the, the currency ones are useful and like the most commonly used cryptocurrency is actually tether. So the one that like you, you borrow on Nexo, uh, you can either get it deposit to your bank account or you can get it in Tether. Tether is actually the most like widely used cryptocurrency. And that's because people use it for sending dollars overseas. Like pe people use it kind of like an international Venmo. And then also it's like how people like who are tr like crypto traders, like, you know, on one exchange, like it's, it's like where they arbitrage the exchange rate difference between two exchanges. So like on, on like Coinbase, you know, maybe the price of Bitcoin is $10,100. But on some other exchange, the price is, you know, $10,400. On that other exchange, maybe someone will sell Bitcoin for USDT, which is a cryptocurrency that runs on Ethereum. They'll send that USDT to the other exchange and then buy Bitcoin with it at that lower price. And so like, uh, Tether is kind of like the, the rails for like sending money between exchanges for people to trade. Um, but it had, but because it's like built on Ethereum and it's like meant for like transactions, um, you know, like you don't expect to, like, you know, it's literally pegged to the dollar. Like you don't expect like this green line here is, is the Tether price. You know, it just hovers around a dollar. Like you don't expect Tether to go up in value, you know, because it, it like it's primary use case is a currency. Um, you know, whereas like Bitcoin's primary use case is like savings money. So like you do have the expectation that it goes up in value. And so that makes it like less desirable to spend. And so like the developers that work on Bitcoin, they don't prioritize fast transactions. They actually do, they, they actually do things that actually have made transactions slower because like that's the trade-off that they make for like making sure that it's like fully scarce. Like the supply of Bitcoin is the thing that's like mostly protected transaction speed and transaction volume isn't really like that's not something that like that it's like a, a priority what's the supply the supply of bitcoin is what 26 million will eventually be 21 21 yeah so 20, okay so some of these other ones it's not known yeah yeah so some some are not i mean uh like things like so like but they all run on blockchain right yeah, yeah. Just because it runs on a blockchain doesn't mean that you can fully audit the supply. Um, yeah. And like some coins don't even like, like they, like the transactions run on a blockchain, but like 
the coin itself is like actually run outside of a blockchain. Like XRP is one where like the company behind it, like just owns all of it and they just dump hundreds of millions of dollars on their users heads. Like every month they're selling a ton of XRP. So like the XRP price just goes down, 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 down. Um, because like they have so much of the supply. Um, but like things like there's one called Monero, which it's like what people like Warren Buffett think Bitcoin is. Like Warren Buffett thinks that Bitcoin's just like anonymous currency that like criminals use. Like real criminals aren't using Bitcoin. Real criminals are using Monero. Um, and that's because like Monero is like, well, well, so real criminals are using Monero for payments, but they're probably take like, once they've like laundered the money by sending it with Monero, they're probably settling into Bitcoin. Like they, at the end of the day, they're getting, they're, they're accumulating Bitcoin. But like the thing they're using to commit the crimes, that's things like Monero, which like you, you cannot look like, there's some, we, we always do on this call, we always look through the, the Bitcoin, it's called the Block Explorer. If you go to blockchain.info, you can like look at every single Bitcoin transaction. You can like, Totally see the supply and where all the transactions came from and too. You look at Monero's block explorer, you cannot see that at all. So it's like fully anonymous. So it's useful for like very private transactions. Where like in that moment, the criminals they don't really care what the total supply of Monero is. They just care what the current exchange rate is, um, and that like the person that they're sending it to is going to be able to accept it. So like they don't really care about like the supply because it's like it's a current. It's used as currency. It's not really used as money. Whereas like Bitcoin, it's like uses money. So it, like the, the supply matters more than, than things like Monero. And so that's like, you know, like people think that Bitcoin's like anonymous. It's really not at all. Like it's actually like, if you're trying to commit crimes, like more people are getting caught, like just like, care, like careless criminals. Like, you know, so probably not very serious crimes. Cause like people are committing serious crimes are gonna take like serious measures to like cover their tracks, like just like idiot criminals. A lot of people get caught using Bitcoin because like, you know, maybe they'll like steal some property and then tell whoever's sold it to them or that they're selling to like, oh, just pay me Bitcoin. And then they go and take that Bitcoin and then, um, you know, deposit it on their Coinbase account that they like use their real ID to set up. And then now like, the Bitcoin transactions from like that stolen property are like linked to your Coinbase account. And if they have a warrant, they can go to Coinbase. They're located right here in San Francisco. And they're <laughs> so like people have been caught with like having stolen funds, especially like um, there've been instances of like cryptocurrency exchanges getting uh, like Bitcoin stolen from them. And they just follow the money because you can, it's like fully public. Anyone can see it. So, a lot of people actually get caught up by using Bitcoin for, for crimes, um, which is pretty interesting to. That's actually crazy. Yeah. That's crazy. Yeah. But yeah. And, and like, but in general too, like uh, from what you've been saying, like I get the, just the overall trade off between efficiency or transaction speed versus, you know, um, uh, yeah. I mean, that, that makes total sense. Yeah. Yeah, and so I guess the like, so what we we, tell you, we we talked about like you know I guess Bitcoin is like a savings account. You know you can opt out of like bank savings account. 
checking account. That's like kind of like the BitPay card. You know, you can use that for spending or just, you know, if you really want to like fully opt out, you know, or you just like, you know, just use the dollars you didn't buy Bitcoin with to spend like your, your choice, you know, credit. That's one I think is really exciting with like the lending. Um, and the last thing was like things like 401k and this is where like hex, I think really plays in like, uh, like everyone, I think everyone on here already, except for you, Chad, I mean, we've talked a little bit about hex, but like hex is marketed, like it's a, a certificate of deposit. So Chad, do you remember when Brent Seabom was accused of stealing all that money from the chapter? And do you remember that? Yeah, I do. So there were allegations. Is this a fraternity story? Yeah. There were the chapter. Allegations <laughs> of the. I haven't heard Brent Seabom's name in a minute, but yes, I do. I do remember that. There, there's this guy that like, you know, I don't know. Like I, I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't want to like slander this person. Um, but he was like widely accused of like taking money from uh, like the fund that was supposed to go to a new house. So the money was held in a CD. So the only reason I knew about CDs when like I started hearing about hex was because like, I remember when I was like a freshman all the seniors were like, where's our CD? Like, where's all that money? And like, allegedly the alumni advisor ran off with it. Um, so like I knew about CDs from that. So like, that's what, like what, what Hex is marketed as a CD where you like lock your funds for a set amount of time. Once your time lock is done, you collect your principal plus interest. Um, and like, I think that's like a good, a good way to frame Hex. But like with Hex, like just the more I like, you know, have like gotten involved with like the ecosystem and like really like start like modeling, like kind of like the rate of return on, on like your time locks. Um, I think it's actually more like a 401k as opposed to a CD. Like CDs are really just like alternatives to a savings account. Um, but with Hex, it like the, like, because you really can't move your funds. Like if, like once you like, once you lock your coin, like you don't have to lock your coins, but once you lock them, it's like, it's really expensive to unlock them. Like you, you get big penalties if you lock, like if you say you're gonna lock for 15 years and you only lock for one year, like you'll lose almost all your hex. Um, and so it like really pushes the, like the, the time duration of these time locks. And so- it Sounds like a 401k, you yeah. know, early exit fee. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, and that's why I think that it like, it's a little easier to understand as like a 401k where it's like something that like, you know, I think it's like, like with, like with Bitcoin, I think it's, it's, it's good to always be buying, like, you know, whenever like you're getting paid, you know, you should always be adding to your savings. And likewise, you know, like with a 401k, it's like, you're always adding to your retirement fund. And so like, you know, Bitcoin, it's like kind of the savings that you can like, you know, very easily use for like, you know, if you need to get a line of credit, you can have it. Or if you just need to sell, you can sell it very easy. You know, um, there'll always be a market for it. And, and like with Hex, like, the incentive to lock is so like it's so much incentivize you to lock as long as you can that it starts fitting into like that like retirement age product um and so like you know for like later on and you know where like in in like um in hex it's like you're expect like you're you're expecting interest on your hex like like right now like with, with my hex time locks my average annual interest rate right now which is it's, it's increasing over time it actually increases like as like my shorter stakes end and like 
my longer stakes are the ones that are left. The, the actual like average interest rate will keep increasing. Right now it's like 17% on the hex. So like, um, you know, and that's like extended out, you know, for on average. So my average length is like 8.8 years. And my um, uh, like average interest rate is 16%. So like, what is that? 16 times eight. That's like over a hundred, like just like, that's like a hundred percent just like on the hex, but like the price of hex could cut in half 50% in between now and then. And like, I would still break even because like the interest just makes up so much because my, my, like I have really long stakes. Like, um, and so like, you know, for, for me, I'm, I'm viewing this as like, this is like really long term. We're like, even though it's fun to watch that hex price day to day, like, you know, I, I care more about what the hex price is in like 10 to 15 years. Um, it's, so it's, it's that long. Like when you're buying hex, you're, you're price locking it for like, I mean, that's crazy, right? Like, I mean, I think a Bitcoin is a long-term investment, but like this hex thing, you're talking Stake about till you years. die, Chad. Stake till you die. Uh, so die steak. <laughs> yeah. Die steak, not steak till it. you die. Sorry, die steak. Sorry. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, but you don't have to. Like, you know, like there's different strategies. And this is something we talked about in one of our previous chats. We're like, um, here, I'll pull it up here. This is a great site. Um, So like people stake for all different types of like, um, let's see. so here's the, the feed. Okay, so like this is a site, because it's on the blockchain, everything that happens is public. You can see it all. Um, so you can see everyone's time locks. So like, okay, this is actually a pretty, pretty cool example. Um, 40 days, there's this, yeah, so like this person staked sixteen thousand dollars for four. Let's find one that ended today. Okay, so this is actually a good good example. So this person, um, they staked one point three million hex. So that's about fifty two hundred dollars. They staked it for forty two days, and on that in that forty two days, they earned thirteen thousand hex, which is like fifty five dollars. So fifty five over 5200 they earned just like a quick like one percent on their stake just by having their hex like it's still in their possession because like you're not like depositing it somewhere the way this works like i shit you not it literally gets sent to an address zero x zero 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 like 28 zeros it's called a burner address it's literally like like it's an address that has no like send the money it's like it's like lighting it on fire and so like but then like when you end your streak you like remit those coins so like when like these are state this person held like he's still full in possession of the private keys to like move these when it's done and he earned one percent over a 42 day period. And so like that, And that's on top of any sort of increase in hex price. Yeah, which when you look at the I see now I gotta go look at like I wanna go see that. So that, oh, yeah, uh, that's that's what I look at hex price is gonna 
uh, I'll put this in the, in the, in the chat here. Um, it's called uniswap.hex.vision. Oh. So you'll see we're, we're in a nice dip right now. Right? Um, less price, to, oh, it's already been rebounding. So like, um, here's the, you know, so like that person, so what, 40 few days ago, what day, what would that be? Like, uh, today is June 1st, so then there's May 1st, and then, so April 20, so say that person opened up on 420. Mm -hmm. uh, they're, you know, during that time, so this is like the, this is actually a really good example, because this is like a trade-off of, like, but like in, in theory, you gain, so it said like 50 some dollars in interest, but it's going to end up being more like $80 in interest if it's yeah. price going up. Because like, the value, that, that's their net gain. Yeah, like the value of their, like what, they had like $5,000 of hex today. So that means that on the day that they bought that, say they bought the hex on that day, that was something like, like $3,500. And then... So the value of their principal went up 67%. And then the 1% ROI that they got on that, like, you know, I, I guess like that didn't go, you know, cause it's like, that was just like minted when they closed their stake. But like, you know, so during a time lock, you know, the value went up this amount and then plus they got the interest. But the trade-off here, this actually, like, this is a great example. Like during this time, price hit, like during the time that their coins were locked, price had gone up 200%. And since that person had the locked funds, they couldn't sell at this point. Like they, you know, so like in the, the, the trade-off for like, you know, the guaranteed interest is the opportunity cost of whatever price does while your coins are staked. And so like, that's the trade-off that, that everyone in the market's making is like, okay, you know, like, like, so me staking for 15 years, like, there are probably going to be days in that time where, like, price completely, like, rips your face off. Like, you're just, like, shocked at, like, what it is. And I'll just be, mm -hmm. scared, right? I mean, even though, like, I, I have stakes ending, like, just about every, like, four months in between, like, next year and 15 years. So I, I do have some some hacks coming coming back on, you know, in shorter periods of time, but... I definitely waited more towards the end. Um, yeah, are you diversifying your stakes? If that makes sense. Yeah, yeah, it's like, like diversifying your stakes. Yeah, it's like yeah, just some to, I have some to sell, and, and some I don't. I don't stake. You know, like of, of all the hex I have, um, like twenty. So you don't have to stake. I thought you had to stake, or else you're getting hit with like some sort of a. Well, no. What was the thing about exiting early though? Like, uh, so, so you get hit with a fee. You, you get a penalty. Um, so if you want to, you can, but you're going to get hit with a fat penalty. Yeah. And, and some people actually like, there, there's like a, like a break even point where like the, like, cause you know, a lot of people who bought like down here when it was like nothing, um, maybe they had longer stakes or you know, maybe they had a stake ending in a couple months and they'd already served like more than half of it maybe the ROI of just like the appreciation of value, if they were to emergency unstake, like the ROI of what they had minus the penalty still could be greater than like, you know, what like they had initially spent. 
So some people like wanted to lock in a profit up here. And so they ended their stake, you know, took the penalty, but even with that penalty, they're up so much that, you know, that, that like the penalty, like even though they lost some hex, they could lock in a profit right there. And like, you know, mm -hmm. that was a good trade, you know, but you, you know, you never know. Like, and that's it's like, a good trade and then that's their decision. You could reinvest or whatever. I mean, but yeah. Yeah. So like, you know, you, you see it all play out. Like it's fun to look at this, at this feed of everything going on. Cause you know, you see like this person here, um, Oh yeah, this is actually a good example. You know, like for like short, mm. for short stakes, the penalties really aren't that bad. Um, so they had thirteen thousand hex. They, um, you know, staked it for two hundred fifty days, starting forty eight days ago. Um, so they must have started. Uh, you know, so April twentieth was there, so they're like a week. Before. So this person must have bought like right around here. Uh, so like, like so when, it was, when it was nothing, uh, it was still, it was up like 10 X from here from the very bottom, mm -hmm. but it was before this like massive run. And so like, you know, to them, it's like, you know, they're probably up like 800%. Or, okay. I guess not like that's at the top. They, they were up 800%, but then, okay. This person's up like 400% and you know, they've served, you know, 48 out of the 250 days. So just about 20% of, of their time. And so the amount of interest that they earn is $180, but the penalties they paid is $500. And so like the, the, the like net penalty of them originally unstaking was only like $200. And to them, that's like nothing because if, if they're up like, you know, 400%. That doesn't take into account just the overall change in Place, yeah. Of, so perhaps they, they that's want, just saying they paid X amount, they gain that interest, but it doesn't say how much that X is now uh, worth. I guess. Uh, so this this is where it says how much is worth. It says it's worth thirteen hundred dollars. But say like this person, they started their stake uh, when price was like price has gained four hundred percent since then. So what? That's like uh, is that three? Gotcha. No, and so like maybe to them, it's like they put in three thousand dollars. Now it's worth $14,000 and they're willing to pay this like difference of the $490 minus 188. They're fine with that like penalty because like their initial, like their principal has gone up in value so much. And so like, right. you know, there, there are calculators that like, there's some sites that help you calculate what your early unstake penalty is. And it helps you find like that break even point for you. Because like, you know, like, like it, it's like for shorter stakes, like it doesn't really matter so much. Like, you know, like $300 penalty on like a $13,000 thing. Like that's really not that much. Um, but for longer stakes, that's where the penalties are really, really, really big. Like sometimes you'll see things where like, it, like sometimes I think they must be accidents um, <laughs> where people have like a 15 year stake they opened up two days ago and then they learned and stake it and they lose all their balance. Like, I, I think it must be a mistake that sometimes people make, but like the, the penalties are really big for like long-term stakes. But when you've gotten through like 20% of your, of like a short-term stake. I see what you're saying. So if you do a 15 year stake, it's going to 
that's 15 years. There's going to be much more penalty than if you pulled out 50 days from that versus 50 days on a yeah a year long stay. And 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 what's interesting about hex is that so these penalties get paid to the stakers. So every time people emergency end stake, everybody who has stakes, the amount that gets paid out to those people, it increases by this amount. So like every person that's emergency end staking, they're paying their coins to the people that kept their stakes. So like every day the the like so the the, the yearly inflation rate is point or it's three point six nine percent. So that means that the daily inflation rate of HEX is 0.01%. Um, and so like every day, 0.01% of the total supply, um, which is, here we'll see, look. So total supply, 248 billion, uh, okay, so 200, 248, one two three one two three one two three times point zero 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 one so right now every day about 24 million hex are paid out to people whose stakes are ending today um and it's divvied up um uh based on or so not no not paid out to Everyone who has a stake open today is accumulating their percentage of this interest pool. And the people that have longer stakes are accumulating more of this pool compared to the people that are, have shorter stakes that are open, that are like going on today. And so like, this is like, this like 20, like the total supply times 0.01%. That's like the daily inflation. And so on top of that, just like the baseline inflation that gets paid to stakers, the penalties get get um, put into this pool as well. So the more people that emergency end stake, the more hex that you get paid out. But usually people are emergency end staking to sell and selling pushes the price down. So it's like you're getting more hex, but it's also pushing the price down. You know, but, but like for people that have really long-term stakes, they're actually okay with people, you know, panic selling when the price is going down, emergency unstaking, because like they're getting more hex at like a lower price. And so like in the long run, like when their 15 year stake is ended, every single day where people emergency end staked, some of those coins are going into their, into their account. And so like um, the way it works is that the people who stake the longest and who stake the most get the largest percentage of the like daily inflation. And so like, like, and, and it averages out to like where there, there's like a, you know, a single person who is like the average length and average size stake, they are getting 3.69% interest rate. And then people that are above average are getting more and people that are below average are getting less. And so if you don't have stakes open, um, the, the money supply inflates away from you. Like, you know, like dollars, like it's always increasing in like the supply is always increasing. Um, and, and like, you know, so that like limits your purchasing power relative to total supply. And then with hex, if you don't have stakes, 
it's inflationary from your perspective. But for people who are above average length, above average size stakers, the inflation is getting paid to them primarily. And so from their perspective, the like their amount of hex that they have is a over time a greater and greater percentage of the total supply. So from their perspective, the currency is actually deflationary. You know, like like Bitcoin, it's it's inflationary up until all 21 million are mined. And then it's like slowly deflationary because people like lose their coins or is like the transaction fee on Bitcoin becomes higher than like what the minimum like decimal unit is of Bitcoin. And then like some Bitcoin just will never be able to get spent because, um, you know, it's just like dust. Um, you know, it's like, you know, you lose pocket change of the couch type thing. Um, so like Bitcoin becomes deflationary. Um, but like with Hex, it's like for some group of people, people who don't have stakes open, it's inflating, like it's inflationary to them, but people who do have stakes, it's deflationary because they're getting paid the, the inflation. You know, it's like, like you're seeing like all the stock prices are going right back up to where they were. All this freshly printed money, like for every $1,200 that people got, Wall Street got like $18,000. So like, all this money is going straight into Wall Street, these financial institutions, and they're buying assets. They're buying stock. So like, because like money supply is inflated at a massive rate. Like you look at, um, let's look at, uh, look at the money supply. I'm gonna need a separate lesson just on hex. Like another two hours. This, this is like a. Because <laughs> this is in reality Bitcoin hex, which is what. That's like what I'm most interested in is the long-term saving slash retirement. It's just the most to yeah, get in now. It requires the, less, like the, the least skill. Cause like, Seems the most safe. Yeah, it's definitely the, the least risky. And then like with others, it's like you have to be really accurate in your timing when you buy and when you sell to make money. Because like with Bitcoin, it's like you can generally buy at any time. If you wait long enough, like you'll, you'll be fine. Um, but like, so th this, this chart that I, I pull up here, this is the, it's called MZM Money Stock. This is what's published by the Federal Reserve Bank. Um, so this isn't like the full picture. Like in that book, The Great Credit Contra Contraction that I'm gonna send you the PDF to, it actually shows an excerpt from um, Alan Greenspan testifying before Congress that the Federal Reserve doesn't even have a definition for what the money supply is. They said that it's so difficult to like calculate what the total supply is and so many things impact it that are outside their control, where like the Federal Reserve does not have a definition for the money, which is like very interesting. Whereas like with Bitcoin, like, and like Hex, it's like the supply is like fully known in advance and public and like there's no funny business, like no political whim or like crisis response where they need to like inject new money. Like, and so like the Federal Reserve publishes like different measures of money supply. One that I like to look at is, um, the MZM money stock. So this is all the money that's in checking accounts, savings accounts, money market accounts, and physical cash. So like not credit, not like these other types of like, like CDs, certificate of deposits aren't in this, aren't in this measure. This is meant to be like the liquid cash. Um, and just in the past, you know, like you can kind of see like over time, um, you know, the money supply, 
can you see this on the chart very well? Like it just kind of grows at like a, usually around like 8% per year. They say the benchmark inflation rate is 2%, but it's really close to like eight to 10%. So it's been growing and growing and growing all this time. But here in the last uh, three months, the, the liquid money supply has gone up 20% in the last three months. And so like so much of like the, just like the money supply inflation, it's going into um, like- Are you, you know, saying that's the stimulus money? So it's stimulus money and so like money- People, people are spending more or while they're say, I guess. Well, well, so like there's a stimulus, I mean, there's a stimulus money and then there's like the Wall Street, like financial institution money, which mm-hmm. the Wall Street funds get, when they get it, it's not, it's not put into this uh, like money stock measure. When they use those dollars to buy like, you know, shares of Apple or different ETFs or whatever stocks they're buying, like they're buying the S&P, the person that they're buying it from, so like maybe you on your Robinhood account, like you get those dollars and then you can deposit them. Like now they're in the money supply. Um, that one's gone up like 20 some percent. And, and like the, so the inflation impacts you as just like the regular dollar holder because the, the inflation wasn't paid to you. The inflation is paid to people that aren't, they're paid to these financial institutions that are considered too big to fail. So like, you know, we, like inflation is fine if you're on the receiving end of it. Like if you're the one getting the newly printed money, that's good for you. You know, to, from your perspective, like your amount relative to total supply is going up. Okay, the banks? Yeah, so like the banks, like, you know, they're, it's called the Cantillion effect. It's like prices start going up on things that are closer to the source of like where the freshly printed money comes from. So like, you know, like in, in like this, in, in like this, you know, in the real world, you know, like people that aren't you, they're getting the inflation. And that's why like your purchasing power is going down while like other people are like able to like secure the gains from, from like, you know, the inflation. But in Hex, like by you being a long-term staker, you know, by proving that you're like committed to this called a cult, <laughs> you know, or an economy or like, you know, prove like by proving that you're like committed to this like financial system, you're the one that like, you're the one that gets paid that, that inflation. And so like, you know, from your perspective, you're doing well. And then for, you know, people like, you know, they, they make the trade, you know, maybe people that aren't staking, they're making like the trade off where like, okay, they don't really care about the long-term like collecting the long-term inflation they want to have their hex ready to sell in case like price pumps up and they can get a really like, you know, people that want to like trade it like to them, like they're not really playing like the, the staking, like they're not like, they're looking for gains from like buy low, sell high. Um, whereas people who are like, you know, buying it for the staking use case, they're, they're, they're hoping for buy low, earn more over the duration of your stake and then sell high. To where like your total balance grew and then the value of your balance has gone up too. Like that's like, you know, the, the like goal was staking. So it's like a longer term, longer term goal. And like by participating in that, um, you know, you have to, you, know, you have to bear the opportunity cost, you know, like, 
you know, I, I sold, like I, I sold some hex to pay a loan that I used, like a Nexo loan. I, I took out a loan on Nexo to buy hex, like somewhere down here. Um, and I paid that off I, by selling some hex up here. So I, I had a pretty good exit, but then I bought in and it kept going down, which is like, you know, cause I wanted to stay. I wanted to like, cause every day that like you don't stay, like the amount that you'll like, like the more you stake the earlier, the more you'll earn. And since like, I've, cause like I, I've been into hex before launch. Like I, I, like I've been like, you know, pretty active in this like community. And so like, when did it launch? Uh, December 1st. Okay. And so Brian, I, Brian, I got, I got to leave here. Oh yeah. You got eight, I got eight minutes till that other thing, but okay. Daniel, those links that you dropped, were those both on your channel? Um, yeah, those are, those are, yeah, they're former videos. They're former, uh, uh dip catcher conversations in it. Yeah. We go deep in heck. So dive into those. Yeah. The, the cool. second one is, is a condensed portion. It's all about hex. So maybe start there. Okay. I'm going to just go to the YouTube channel. So I, I, I'm trying to, I got to save these links. I'll just copy them, but that'll be my homework. Yeah, man. Thanks. Yeah. Thanks for joining. This is, this is really good. All, yeah, dude, we'll, we'll keep talking more. Yeah. Absolutely, man. I'm going to drop off here in a sec. It's nice right. to meet all of you. Yeah. Thanks for joining, Chad. All all right. Right. Great questions, man. Thanks for joining. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, yeah. So, yeah, I mean, like, you know, that that's like the opportunity cost that I, you know, like, I wish I could, you know, I mean, looking back, I wish I could have sold more at this top, you know, but like so much are staked and like, you know, so, you know, that, that's like the, you know, the, the trade-off in, in the staking, which is like, you know, which is what, what I think is really cool about this is that like, in no other coin can you make up for like, like if you bought up here, like it's okay because like, you know, you could have bought down here and had more hex to start with, but to make up for like the hex you missed out on by buying, like say you bought when the price was up here, um, like, you know, and then price went down, you know, like 35%. So like, you don't have to like feel bad about like missing out. You, you could have had more hex you can like make up for it by taking the hex that you bought up here and just staking it for longer. And so like, if you're like regularly buying hex, like a strategy that you could, that you could, you know, implement that, um, that is, you know, pretty like, you know, pretty good. Is it like, you know, every, every time you get paid, maybe put a little bit of money into hex. If, price goes up in like the couple weeks after you bought, you know, maybe sell and, and like take profit and like, you know, treat yourself to something that you wanted or like, you know, pay off your, you know, pay, maybe pay off a, like a loan on Nexo that you use to buy Hex or like, you know, buy another cryptocurrency that you might want, you know, so like it, on days that you buy these dips, you know, maybe keep some liquid to sell. But if you bought and then the price goes down, then just like stick that Hex. And then just like wait for the and then like as price is going down, like you know when you get paid next, then you buy some hex at hopefully the lower price, and then you know if price goes up, then you can have a short term gain. Price goes down, you just take it for longer, and then you just have like you know, you just have another chance. That's like what I think is really interesting is that like there's always a chance to make up for like buying, you know, because it's, it's always hard to like time the bottom of any dip. Like you never know, you know, like people that bought, 
um, like people with the bot like right over here, um, like, you know, they probably felt like they were buying the top, you know, at that time, but then it, it like went up another like 300%. But then the people that bought up here, you know, it only went down. So like, you never know what price is going to do after, but like Hex just gives you that opportunity to like, you know, you can just make up for any, like, no matter what happens after you buy, you can like make up for it. You know, it just, as long as you have like, you know, the right time horizon, you know, as long as you have like, you know, cause you don't want to go like all in on anything. Like you don't, you don't ever want to be like so indebted that like if price goes down, you have to like emergency unstake and like pay off. Cause that, that's like double loss. Like, you know, so like always having more money to put in um, and like just being conservative about like, you know, not over trading like that. That's, that's probably like the best approach for most people. Um, and, and Hex just kind of gives you that flexibility. Oh. Brian, two hours going yeah. strong. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> That's amazing. Does anyone else have any other questions or any other topics that we wanted to talk about? What was the name of that book? The the Great <clears throat> Credit con Contraction. Yeah, the the Great Credit Contraction. Will you send that to me as well? I think, and I think Hema's, is that the one you're talking about, Hema? Yeah, that's the one that I'm talking about. Yeah, I would love to read that as well. so much. Like, you'll, 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 you'll pick up a lot, a lot of my talking points are from this book. Nice. Yeah, that's the, um, yeah, I, I just shared it in the chat. That's the, it's so, it's so, I love it. <laughs> it's perfect. Oh, nice, thank you. <laughs> that's the PDF, okay, cool. Um, I, the only question I had is, is what I opened up with earlier. Just what are your thoughts on what was happening here in Puerto Rico and like, Oh yeah. You know, um, so I, <laughs> so like from my understanding, like kind of that movement to like move into Puerto Rico, that was like a lot of the people. So like, I know the people in EOS were involved. A lot of that was like part of like, kind of like a shielding of taxes, like, mm -hmm. Cause there was like some stuff with like the sec that was going on. And I think the IRS and Puerto Rico, like um, a lot of people that are gold investors, like this guy named Peter Schiff, who's like, he's famous in the Bitcoin world. Cause he's like a pretty famous critic of Bitcoin. Um, mm -hmm. These people that like told all of his followers to not buy Bitcoin when it was a dollar. And like, he's so shameful of like being so wrong. And he just like continues to like berate it. Like he'll never like, unless you just has a massive amount of Bitcoin, but like he makes money selling people gold. He runs like a, a gold exchange. So like he, like, you know, he doesn't want to publicly support Bitcoin. He probably has Bitcoin realistically, but like he lives in Puerto Rico for like tax reasons. And mm -hmm. so like Puerto Rico is a good place for like, like crypto, like as far as like taxing goes. Um, and so like there are people that like got like stupid rich from, like you know like the eos crowd like they raised like four billion dollars of ethereum and then like the value of their eos was like pumping and so like their ethereum was going up their their eos was going up you know like they're on top of the world but then like you know so they they're like you know i remember first hearing about the puerto rico thing like kind of at the peak of the of the bull market and you know now like you know ethereum's down 80% EOS is down probably 90%. So I think they just have like a little bit less. I mean, those people probably are good traders and you know, they probably still have a lot of money. Um, 
but like I think that like the you know other people that were like oh I'm so crypto rich that I need to go and like conceal my earnings I think a lot of those people actually just ended up not being as wealthy as they thought mm-hmm. <laughs> and so I think that like you know that kind of uh you know that hurt it and then also the like hurricanes mm-hmm. that were going on um, and earthquakes uh like I think that like that kind of like that kind of showed that like you know living on an island like Puerto Rico like yeah it's like an island paradise but like a hurricane can come, come and wipe out your <laughs> you, know, you can build a bitcoin citadel there but like they better be like really good houses or else like you know complete trash like I think that maybe just like people like maybe just weren't like as motivated to like you know really activate like you know like actually following through and like trying to build like a like a crypto haven in in Puerto Rico so mm-hmm. it's probably just like a combination of those things were like you know maybe not as rich as they thought they were or ri- as rich as they were on paper during that like at the start and then like you know also like you know there's like big opportunity like people that are in crypto like you really pick up on the opportunity cost of like holding other assets so like if they were going to like be like selling bitcoin or selling ethereum or selling eos whatever it is like during like a down cycle, if they're gonna be like selling their crypto to like fund some like real estate development, like they're, they have to outperform just like holding that Bitcoin instead. So like, you know, is like the value of their real estate plus maybe just like the intrinsic, like personal value of like having the real estate and being able to be there. Like, is that gonna outweigh just like being able to like hold the Bitcoin? you know, starting like then, you know, so maybe like, you know, maybe like when the prices are back up, maybe that's when like, you know, they'll, they'll make more efforts where like, they just have to like sell less Bitcoin to like, you know, fund their like, you know, real estate development, you know, so mm-hmm. I think, you know, kind of, kind of combination of those factors, like, you know, where those people like at the end of the day, like they have to make a business decision. Like, is this real estate investment better than just buying and holding the Bitcoin? And then with like the risks of like, you know, like the hurricanes and earthquakes, like my girlfriend was just in in Puerto Rico. She's a a structural engineer. She's like a seismic expert. She's inspecting earthquake damage at at some of these like national guard sites that, that um, her like are clients for her company. And so like, like, you know, she was just there and like, you know, destruction from like earthquakes, hurricanes, like, so it's, it's kind of a tough place to live. Like people that are like seeking refuge from, like uh, taxes, they'll, they'll probably just go to Nevada. I think Nevada is probably the, the number one haven. And then Wyoming is becoming another one of these havens. Um, I think New Mexico actually could be too. Mexico kind of fits in with Wyoming as far as like, uh, you know, like, like taxes go. So um, I think that, you know, there's just other alternatives to like going to live in Puerto Rico. Um, so yeah, that's, that's kind of, but I, I don't, I don't know much about like, really what, what's going on they are, what you're doing um i just i remember hearing about that two years ago too and i just i and then i saw what happened with eos and i was like i wonder what happened so I, you know i haven't heard anything like i went on online just to look or see if there's like some community or anything out here happening and like there's nothing at all um i'm only out here for like a month um but and i've explored like some of those sites with earthquakes and everything like i'm just all into that <laughs> going to all those like Holly knows um but yeah I, I, I totally see that um 
And I actually spoke to a couple of people about Hex and I have, I mean, you know the thing that I do and I have a community and and I was talking to like a couple of my people and, and we're gonna, I'm gonna have a call with them tomorrow. Um, and Colleen, I'm actually gonna hit you up about this because I <laughs> want you to be on that call and they're just gonna pull some funds together maybe and, and um, do like just a Hex purchase or something. And I'll probably just um, use Nexo and like see the best way to just leverage that. But I'll check out the other two um, exchanges, Kraken and the other one, um, and just, just take a look at those just to have other options. Yeah. Um, yeah. And, uh, Nexo, I think, is the only one you can actually like withdraw because like you have to like withdraw it to buy the hex. That's right, because it's not on the exchange itself. Yeah, Kraken lets you do like five to one, but yeah, but like you can't withdraw the borrowed money. And same like mm -hmm. there's one that does ten to one that you might want to look at do called KuCoin. KuCoin, okay, I know KuCoin. Yeah, KuCoin, and then if you really want to get crazy, something that I just discovered, which is like actually super fun. Um, there's a site called Prime XPT. I don't recommend really doing this because like you're probably more likely to lose money. They offer hundred to one leverage. Um, so that's fun. And then they also have this one that's like a it's like a binary option where mm -hmm. you just you bet up or down. There's two buttons, so you don't even place an order. You just say up or down. And then like you can choose like one minute, five minute, ten minute, fifteen minute. And mm -hmm. at the time, like say you open up like a ten minute up order. If like at the time from when you like ten minutes after you you do that, if it's above, you get sixty five percent of whatever you bet. Mm. So it's like, mm. can you put the links for those? In? Yeah. So okay, cool. Prime XPT. So that one, uh, if you you can't use it in the U.S., you need a VPN. Um, uh, if you're in the U.S., but since you're in Puerto Rico, you you, you actually. You could log on to Prime XPT and, and get started right away. You don't even need to, like, to put your name down on the account. Um, yeah, I got super excited now that I'm like overseas. Like Prime XPT is the one. So, uh, so PrimeXPT.com, and that's 100x binary options. You know, so that's like that's gambling. Like, you know, so approach it like you would go into a casino, like, you know, have fun. Hopefully you win. But if you lose, don't let that be all your money. <laughs> like, so that's that one. And then, so I have, I have a, a, um, a amount, you know how, like when you do like a P and L you have an amount for like bad debts and loss. Like I just, we just have that <laughs> in place. Like, so this is our loss allowance here. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's where that, that fits in. Um, so yeah, so KuCoin, yeah, so you said, you know, KuCoin, so that's, so that's up to 10x. Um, they also have like, they have, they have all kinds of stuff on like a bunch of different, so that's 10x plus, um, what's it called? Altcoins. I think they have more altcoins than Kraken and then there's Kraken. So anything that you cash out on, on the way Nexo does? So, uh, oh no, KuCoin, I don't think you can cash, I think KuCoin okay. is... You have to keep it there. I actually use KuCoin, like with Nexo, when I take out a loan in USDT, I actually convert the USDT into Ethereum on KuCoin. Okay, let me let me just write that that's, 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 like that's that out. I go Nexo, I go Nexo to my ETH wallet, my MetaMask wallet, then I send the, the, the tether to KuCoin, 
and then I trade it for Ethereum, and then I send the Ethereum to my Hex wallet, and then I buy Hex with the Ethereum. So that, that's that's how I've been using Nexo Bitcoin. Okay. Um, and then Kraken does five. Can you give me that sequence one more time with with KuCoin? You said you buy. So. Yeah, so like Nexo loan for like so Nexo loan. So it's like a Nexo Tether loan mm -hmm. that gets sent to my like MetaMask wallet. Just because like I like I think it would work if I just directly like sent to the KuCoin one. But like you're supposed to withdraw the the Nexo loan to a regular Ethereum wallet. You're not supposed to withdraw it to a smart contract. And mm -hmm. usually the like the exchanges, when you deposit your Ethereum or any other ERC-20 on the exchange, they usually route it through a smart contract. So mm -hmm. like I, I, I take it from like directly from there to the MetaMask one just because like I know that it works. I've never tried not doing it. Um, mm -hmm. Too expensive for me to like want to test that. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, to save 20 seconds, like it's not a big deal. So I go mm -hmm. ExoTether to MetaMask, then to KuCoin, where I, you know, trade the U.S. the USD. I'm, I'm writing this here. Just, so I'm gonna I'm gonna write this down. on something else too. The trade USDT for ETH. Then I send, you know, ETH to ETH to MetaMask, mm -hmm. and then I go to Uniswap. Or you know, so that's Hexdex. You know, to and then I, you know, swap. ETH for HEX, and then um, 15 year stake. <laughs> like, yeah, so that, that's, I, I just put it in the chat. Um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna, so something I wanna do is I kinda make like, kinda like little visuals of like, kinda like little flowcharts of like, you know, how to take a loan in crypto, like how to invest a loan you take in crypto, you know how to like use the leverage as a tool and so i just wanted to like write these down but that yeah simple, that google doc that you have for hex is something like that would be awesome because you you spell it out it's like super simple to buy hex with that google doc mm -hmm. Wait, where is that google doc um find it. i know i haven't been on like the last two or three calls because I've just been running around like the country trying to get out of it. Um, <laughs> running around the planet. <laughs> off the planet sometimes. <laughs> right, at least you're on the planet at the moment. <laughs> but no, but these, like all of these tools, like this has been great. I've, I've had a lot of fun playing with Hex and I just, yeah. Um, and to get like this new group in on it. I'll probably have them join the calls too after I have a call with them tomorrow. Um, Cause I'm just doing an exchange with them. And I was like, hey, can I just pay you in this coin instead of giving you US dollars? And they're like all for it. So I was like, okay, cool. So like, let's see what we could do. Dan, you should, um, will you post, did you post that about the, the chauffeur driver wanting to be paid in by his boss in Hex? Did you share that on the group or just to me? The guy's like, the, guy, the, the wealthy man in the back is like, oh, so you want to be paid in hex? He goes, yeah, I want to be rich like you, so I don't have to work for you. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was the butler driving him around or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Post that on the. On the I'll find it. Yeah, it's cool. So, Hamid, here's the link to that. Um, this is like an unofficial guide. So, this is, let's see when I made this. Um, I made this document on December 4th. That's <laughs> when I first <laughs> made this. Yeah, so it's, uh, this doesn't, even, it doesn't even paint the full picture. I made this when I, I knew like nothing, like, I knew like a fraction of what I know now about this when I made that, but it, it like kind of paints out. It was super helpful. I mean, after that first call, I think Dan actually sent that to me. We didn't know that you, it was on the internet. Is that the one where he, we didn't know that you're the one that wrote it, but it helped me. Yeah, I found it on your, uh, scent. Oh yeah. Oh, one cent. Yeah. 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 yeah my Johnny Cash account. <laughs> yeah. Awesome. That's, yeah. Mm -hmm. that's, it's been fun. It's been a, thank you all. Can we for, talk about um, the next one, that trust wallet and that other coin that you found. Can we, can we talk about oh, that? Oh yeah. 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 So, um, so trust wallet is just a wallet that, um, that I found it actually like, like the reason I, I was looking for a wallet that you could do the smart contracts, from the wallet on mobile. Like, you know how you have to like get on Chrome and use MetaMask to like, mm -hmm. you know, buy on Uniswap or to like enter a stake. Um, I was looking for one on mobile that worked. And some of these crypto wallets have these like built-in web browsers in the wallet that link up to the, uh, that link up to the wallet and so you can use it. But Apple is actually cracking down on those for like, mm -hmm. because of, like money transmitter laws or something. So Trust Wallet has worked over the last couple of weeks, but I just got a push notification saying that like, they're gonna shut off their oh. browser because like Apple doesn't allow that. So on Android, you can use Trust Wallet um, for mobile, but I think that like someone sent me a link to this other wallet that apparently you can have a browser. I haven't looked at it yet, so I'm not ready to like recommend it. Um, but like, I think Trust Wallet will still work like in, in the short term, but that's just like a wallet that you can like just buy hex on the go with. Oh, much. got it. Okay. Yeah, and so that was what. I'm not that on the go. Yeah, like it's is, like mainly just because like sometimes like I I wanted to be ready for like especially like there have been all these juicy dips over the last couple of weeks, I just wanted to like have have some ready to buy, so I you know I've been buying these dips in hex, um, and so I just have it there because like I'm checking that price on my phone and then when like because like with like on Uniswap you can't set an order. Like when you set it like on any other exchange, you can like say like, okay, I'm, I'm placing a bid where if Bitcoin hits $9,100, like execute this order. Um, with Hex, like you can't, like it's all, like you can't place an order beforehand. You have to like place it in real time. Um, it's like, you can't just like set an order. And so like, I like to just have, have it ready there. Like in case like price is down, like usually there's like only like a, like when you look at the hex chart, like there's usually only like a couple minute window where like, you know, you look at the price like dipping down in here, you like zoom in, um, let's say like, you know, on a 10 minute period. So even like today on this dip right here, it dipped down. It was only in here for like an hour before it like went back up. So like, you know, I, I just wanted to you know, figure out one for mobile 
And because I feel like that, that could be an easy way for people to get in. It's like, you know, getting set up on a Chrome extension and having to learn that, that's kind of hard. But doing it on the mobile was actually really fluid. Um, but I think that Apple is starting to like crack down on some of these apps that support the like crypto wallet browsers. So I don't know how much longer it's going to last. Um, but yeah, so that's, 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 that was what Trust Wallet was all about. Um, so the other coin that I'm, I'm really interested in, it's called Mimblewimble coin. It's actually a, um, so it's a, um, it's a Harry Potter curse. It's known as the tongue tying spell where it ties your target's tongue and prevents them from making current speech. And like kind of the play on that is that in Mimblewimble, the like, like, you know how like when we're looking at the Bitcoin block explorer, you can see like the to address, the from address and the total amount of that transaction. Um, in Mimblewimble, you can't see any of it. Like it's, um, let's pull up a Mimblewimble. Uh, let's find the block explorer. So like compare this to the, you know, I'm gonna pull up the Bitcoin block explorer so we can take a look at that at the same time, just to compare. So like Bitcoin block explorer, you see total number of transactions, um, how much was transacted and who every transaction went from and to and how much. You go to Mimblewimble Block Explorer, you see fucking mumbo jumbo, like nothing. And the only, only the person that, you see where it says verify transaction proof? The only people that can can verify a transaction are the sender and the recipient. By sending a transaction, it like creates this file um, that you can use um, to verify the transactions. And so like by uploading, like, like if I was to send you Mimblewimble, we would both get like a copy of this file that decodes this like where it says hash right here, it's just like these numbers. By us, like using the file that we have, we can decrypt this and that tells us what the amount that, uh, you know, who it's from, who it's to, and the total amount. Um, and you can also prove, and this is what makes, mem like remember earlier today, I was talking about how with like Monero, a trade-off that you make, like you get privacy on Monero, but you can't fully audit the total supply. Um, Mimblewimble solved that, where you have full anonymity, but you also have a fully fixed supply that's provable. Like you can prove that the, you know, that there's like not somebody who's like secretly 
like creating more more and more mimble wimble that they're able to just pay themselves in uh you know like they can't hide behind like anonymous transactions to do that because it's impossible to do so that's like a big difference between what i think makes mimble wimble like a viable like you know something that like is used like i think it'll be like used as a currency but it has elements of like that make bitcoin a strong savings thing like the fixed supply provable supply that's like a like a, a strong point that like makes people want to buy and hold it and i think that like like a lot of Bitcoin holders, like people that have like massive amounts of Bitcoin, part of the reason why they never want to sell is because they don't want it to be ever like linked to them. They don't want people to know that they have control of like a couple thousand Bitcoin. And so um, like, you know, from their perspective, holding something like Mimblewimble could be an alternative to holding even Bitcoin. Because like if privacy really matters to you, like in, in, in your lifestyle and your like perspective and like your unique situation, if like privacy really matters to you, um, like holding something like this could be an alternative to like holding other cryptocurrencies where like somebody who is really motivated could triangulate you to like an address with like some level of certainty in, in, in Mimble Wimble, that's like impossible. So um, like, I think that like Mimblewimble has elements of Bitcoin um, and Mimblewimble is actually a technology that was originally proposed to be included in Bitcoin. But with Bitcoin, like some I've, I've touched on earlier is that they, they don't, they're, they're very reluctant to add features. If anything, they remove features um, from like the Bitcoin protocol and adding something like Mimblewimble like would be very difficult to get like kind of like the social consensus in order to roll it out. And so like, like that, like things like Mimblewimble, like it was originally proposed for Bitcoin. It ended up just like running on its own blockchain because to get it implemented into Bitcoin is probably just like too tall of a task for, for those, you know, for those people. So, or, or you know, for like, just like the whole ecosystem. So like it exists outside of Bitcoin and then like, you know, now it's like something where, you know, you can, you know, judge for yourself, like, you know, what's going to appreciate more in value, what's going to provide me more, you know, more value in the future. Like it's having something that's like fully private, fully anonymous. Like, you know, like if, if this isn't going to outcompete Bitcoin in price is the value that I'm getting from like having the full privacy and anonymity does that make up for it? You know, that's like the trade-off that people are gonna have to make. You know, it's like, what do they think the price is gonna do? And like, why is the, the privacy like useful for you in your setting? Um, and so like, I think Mimblewimble is really, uh, really cool. Trace Mayer has always been talking about Mimblewimble. Trace Mayer has actually been like ostracized from the Bitcoin community because he's been promoting Mimblewimble coin. And all these idiots that like, were shouting that Hex is a scam, like all these like Bitcoin maximalist people. They were like, like the same people like saying Richard Hart's a scammer, Hex is a scam, and now it's up 100x. Like those same people are the same people that are saying like, oh, Trace Mary, you're a shitcoin chill. You know, you don't even really like Bitcoin. You're, why are you talking about Mimblewimble? Uh, like that to me is like, a, that's a buy signal. Like anytime like people who like, 
are so committed to Bitcoin and Bitcoin only. Like I'm very committed to Bitcoin. Like I, like I view that as like, like I get really sad if like I lose, like, you know, lose money. Like if I lose Bitcoin trading, like to me, Bitcoin's like the thing that really matters. But like, I'm also open-minded to like other things and like other trade-offs and like other opportunities, you know? So like, I'm very welcoming of other things. Um, like there's a whole subset of the like Bitcoin culture that they're just not like they, they, they take pride in like only being about Bitcoin and like immediately rejecting everything else. that's not Bitcoin, you know, like that's just like a, like a subculture. Um, but like whenever those people are like screaming about something, like really angry about something, I think that's a good thing to buy. And so kind of like how they were screaming about hex and then hex price has, you know, you know, from when they're screaming about it down here in December, you know, even amidst like a bull market or a bear market right now, it's up like, you know, thousand percent. Like, that's a good sign when people are like threatened by Bitcoin or like, or Bitcoin people feel threatened by something else. You know, with Hex, it's like, I think it's like they're threatened by like a, a competitive savings product for that long-term hold use case. And like with Mimblewimble, like, having like full anonymity um, that opens up a whole use case for like, um, like for businesses, especially like if you're a, if you're a, like a, a publicly or I guess the public trade companies is different because like you're publishing your financials, but if you're a private business and, and to you, it's a trade, like what you do with your money is a trade secret or like you don't want your employees knowing how much each other make. Um, have like paying all your employees in Bitcoin might not work for you because they can just look at the wallet that Bitcoin came from and see, okay, this person paid, you know, me and all these other people. Like, why am I only getting one Bitcoin when this person is getting two? Like, <laughs> you know, so like people can like do some like forensic accounting and like, you know, get information about like the company based on like the transaction history on Bitcoin. But things like Mimblewimble could be like, you know, Mimblewimble could be like a corporate use case coin where like the transactions are private for like trade secret protection, but like the supply is like fully auditable. So like, you know, there's like not risk of like somebody like secretly printing a bunch of Mimblewimble. Um, and so like, I think Mimblewimble could have that use case of like, you know, money, like, like in the sense of how Bitcoin is money, you know, where like the privacy and anonymity it's not so much to like conceal transactions for like current, like as part of like the currency use case, it's more to like conceal like corporate transactions because those are like, those are trade secrets. You know, how much you're paying your vendors, what you're buying when you're buying it. Um, like those things that like people like use kind of like the anonymity of dollars and you can't really like audit like where someone's spending their dollars very easily. Um, I think Mimblewimble could could fit into that use case. Um, but as far as like buying Mimblewimble and like using it, it's like you have to like know how to like use the like the terminal here. Um, like let me see if I can uh, I don't even know where it is. Um, yeah, so like you have to like use this like like the terminal. Like it doesn't have just like, there's not like an app that you can just like download and like hold Mimblewimble. It's like, like really technically challenging to do it. 
So like, it's not something that like, like, you know, like hex is like stupid, easy to buy, you know, buy and hold. It's like, I think hex is like one of the easiest things in crypto to get your head around as far as like actually buying it and holding it like the MetaMask wallet in the Chrome browser. That's like dead simple. Uh, Mimble Wimble. It's like a whole different thing. So it's like something that like, it's, it's pretty difficult to like do. I, I figured out, how to, I, I bought a little bit. I figured out how to buy it. Um, but like, you know, that, that's part of the opportunity. You know, if, every, if it was something that like everyone could just like download an app to buy, then more people would have it and the price would already be higher. But since it's something that like is pretty hard to buy, like the difficulty in buying um, plus like the risk of it just being new and like, you know, the longer things are like are around, the more likely they are to not go away. And since it's pretty new, like, you know, the likelihood of, of it going to zero, it's you know, probably finite, you know, but like, because there's like the risk of it going to zero, the upside is like very high. Whereas like with Bitcoin, like the odds of it going to zero are really, really low. And so like, you know, that's why altcoins, you know, certain altcoins over like certain periods of time are probably going to outcompete Bitcoin just because the risk of them going to zero is higher than that of Bitcoin. And because that risk is higher, the reward is higher because it takes so much less money coming in to push the price up like an order of magnitude. Like in order for Hex to double in price, it takes like $10 million. In order for Bitcoin to double in price, it probably takes like $10 billion. Maybe not that much, maybe hundred million. I don't, I don't know what the number is. You, you could look it up, but like, you know, things that are new, they have more risk, but because they are new and have more risk, they have more reward. So that's just the trade-off. And I think Mimble Wimble's in that, in that phase where it's like still very early because um, it just came out and it's hard to buy. And it's like a whole different, like it's not like sending a Bitcoin transaction. It's not like sending the Ethereum transaction. It's like a whole new skill set to learn. Um, so. Um, it's like, you know, I think a good opportunity to buy, but it's like also really, it's hard. Like it's not very easy.